This is The Briefing. It's Tuesday the 28th of July. I'm Tom Tilley and Annika Smethurst. This week was supposed to be the Tokyo Olympic Games. And one of our brightest medal hopes was swimmer Mac Horton. The thing that sucked for me the most was the time out of the water during lockdown because that's what keeps me sane. We're going to speak to Mac and find out how he's coping this week uh, in this COVID setback. And it's a wide-ranging and at times very funny interview. That's coming up in just a moment. First, let's get the big stories of the day. A newborn baby has been named as one of the record 532 new COVID cases in Victoria. Yeah, the three-week-old baby caught the virus in a new cluster at Melbourne's Royal Hospital's Children's Intensive Care Unit. All the babies in that unit will now need to be tested and so far more than 200 children under four have contracted COVID-19 in Victoria. Wow. Despite the new daily record in Victoria, their Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton did offer this cautious hope yesterday. Modelling with our um, effective reproduction number um, that I've seen most recently suggests that today should be the peak. Now, I'm not going to sit back and say today's the peak. We have, to, we have to see what happens in coming days. Well, I like the sound of that. Meanwhile, the Victorian head of Australia's top medical body, the Australian Medical Association, is demanding a royal commission into the government's handling of COVID-19. There is an inquiry into the hotel quarantine scandal at the moment, but he says it doesn't go far enough and doesn't have the powers to reveal the deeper problems with the system. Annika, do you reckon now is the time to be talking about a royal commission? A hundred percent. I just can't believe that we haven't actually lost a minister over this yet. I know there is some sort of judicial process going on, but this is starting to cost lives. It's a huge scandal. Would you be arguing that we we start the Royal Commission now or just agree that we have one at some point in the future? I think agreeing to get one started, but the problem with something like this compared to, say, a bushfire, which comes and goes quicker, is we don't know when this is going to end. So it's not possible to wait till this is over to start a Royal Commission, but I think agreeing to it would be a good step forward. And now an update on yesterday's briefing topic of raising the age of criminal responsibility from 10 to 14. I remember being locked in the cell. I didn't have anybody to sort of support me or, or, you know, look after me. Um, I remember crying all night and feeling like my life didn't matter. That was our very moving interview from yesterday. Ten-year-old kids will still be sent to jail for at least another year after Australia's top lawmakers refused to raise the age of criminal responsibility to at least 14 years old. The Council of Attorneys General has deferred that decision until next year to give a working group time to look at what alternatives to prison would be put in place. Every year, just under 600 kids aged 10 to 13 are put in detention. More than 60% of them are Indigenous. Yeah, and quite a number of people have been posting pictures of themselves at the age of 10 just to highlight how unbelievable this law is. Yeah, Australia does seem to be out on its own in it. But um, as we said there, the New South Wales Attorney General said until we come up with an alternative of what to happen when there is some sort of criminal issue for a young kid, they're not going to do anything about this. Black Lives Matter protesters say they will go ahead with a rally in Sydney today, despite the Court of Appeal now ruling that it's illegal. Yeah, organisers admit that they can't promise there won't be any transmission of the coronavirus at the event. I can't guarantee that. I can't guarantee there won't be a COVID outbreak on the train I get home. So there is risky social activity involving thousands of people happening every day. So during this march, a petition calling for justice for Indigenous man David Dungay Jr., who died in police custody five years ago, will be delivered to the state parliament. His mum, Latona, will be there, but she says there's only one way that event will be called off. I'm going to have the, have the rallies until the, 
till I get justice. And I want charges. As soon as I get charges, I will give up. If you're one of millions of Aussies with a Gmail, this next story affects you. Uh, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission is taking Google to court in a world-first case, claiming that it took a huge amount of our data without properly asking for permission. So obviously, to make a Gmail account, you have to enter some data. But the ACCC claims the search engine also tracked the sites people were looking at, even if they hadn't gone through Google. It then allegedly wrapped those two bits of information together, who you are and what you're looking at, to sell onto advertisers and help them create hyper-targeted ads. I don't know about you, Tom, but I've certainly seen some pretty specific ads targeted at me through my Gmail. Yeah, this story does not surprise me uh, (laughs) at all. Um, I'm glad to see the ACCC taking it up, though. Absolutely. I think we've just come to accept that this is what happens and it's not right. And we mentioned before that they could be suing them for millions of dollars. You'd think it could be billions, like the amount of money Google makes from our information. All right, coming up next, Mac Horton. In an alternate non-COVID universe, Olympic swimming champion Mac Horton would have been kicking ass at the Tokyo Games this week, and there was a lot riding on it. He had his 400-metre gold medal from Rio to defend. Mac Horton takes a remarkable gold medal, the 400 freestyle title back in Australian hands. It also would have been the first Olympics without the Sun Yang drug cloud hanging over it after the Chinese swimmer was banned for eight years after tampering with a drug test. Sun Yang committed an anti-doping rule violation. The athlete is sanctioned with an eight-year suspension. But the world of Tokyo 2020 is not the world we're living in. The 2020 Olympic Games, scheduled for late July into early August, will be postponed for a year because of the coronavirus pandemic. That in itself was such a massive setback for these athletes all around the world who have been training for the Olympics for four years. But for Mac, he couldn't even get in the pool and train for eight weeks. So let's find out how he's coping. Mac, thanks for joining us on The Briefing. Um, Pre-COVID, how were you hoping things would be playing out this week in Tokyo? How did you see your dream scenario playing out? I would have been racing in Tokyo at the Olympics this week. Um, But obviously that's not happening at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. So winning the 400-metre gold medal again, ideally? Well, yeah, that's the dream, ideally. Obviously, you've got to keep a pretty positive mindset given how ridiculous this whole situation is. But honestly, how much has this whole thing sucked for you? Um, I don't think the postponement actually sucked. The thing that sucked for me the most was the time out of the water during lockdown because that's what keeps me sane. When they postponed it, it was kind of a relief because a few weeks before they did postpone it, you know, you're, you're training every day and you're seeing everything going on around the world and you're like, there's no way an Olympics can be going ahead with everything that's going on. And it was like this internal mental battle of I have to get everything out of myself today, but I don't believe it should be going ahead. So when they did postpone, it was like, okay, cool. We'll just reset, get ready for next year. Um, but yeah, the time out of the water for like eight weeks killed me. Yeah. So what happened there? I mean, you're one of our brightest swimming hopes. How, how could there not have been a pool for you to train in? What happened? Well, just, there were just no pools open. Nothing, nothing was open. Everything closed down. And cause this, this was a stage one lockdown for Melbourne. We're in the second lockdown now currently, and the pool is still open for us. 
obviously because we got back into the work, it's getting close to the Olympics. But I think at the time, because there was so much time to go until the Olympics, no one, it wasn't that much of a worry. We're like, fine, whatever. We'll have some time off and then we'll reset. So, Mac, how did you change your training routine when the pools were closed? Did it force you to try out some other sports? I got into a bit of running, cycling, tennis. I was doing gym like on my balcony of my apartment. I built a little chin-up bar as well. Yeah, just anything to stay active and sane, which is what everyone's been going through, I think. And do you think you'll keep some of those as part of your new training routine heading towards maybe Tokyo 2021? Um, I think they'll probably fall away as I get closer to the Olympics, um, but I have fallen in love with tennis so hopefully that will be with me forever, I think. What I'm about- just setting up for like swimming retirement and then that like middle-aged <laughs> life of tennis. Absolutely. We need some good Aussie tennis players, so feel free to take it on for our country. Oh, that, that's yeah. nice. The pivot. We've been hearing about the pivot. Mac, yeah, I noticed, you know, as a fellow cyclist, it was great to see you out in the Lycra. Um, did you already have the legs shaved? No, we we actually only shave um, like once a year. So for the Olympics or uh, World Champs or whatever, and then you leave, you let everything. I guess it sounds gross, but grow it out um, <laughs> over the year, <laughs> over the year, so that when you do shave down, it's like a bit of a boost. It's that really cool feeling in the water, and you just feel lighter and smoother, and um, helps you turn it up a bit. Yeah, right. Okay, good to know. Maybe that's what I should do to improve my cycling time. <laughs> Those sports sound fun, but do they go anywhere near to keeping you at the level you need to be to be at the top of your game in the pool? And has the physical training and keeping that up been the hardest part or is it partly the psychological thing too? Nothing matches being in the pool uh, just because swimming is so technical and so much about feel. Like I can get fit on a bike, but it's, it's hard to translate that into the water Obviously, it means when I get back in the water, I'll still be like moderately fit, but it is really a different type of fitness um, and technical fitness, if that makes sense. But yeah, I think that the the hardest thing was definitely the mental side. Since I've been 10, I've been swimming every morning, waking up at the same time, starting my day the same way every single day. And it sets me up to be, I guess, in the same mood every day. Um, so it was weird to live this life, which I assume most people probably live where you can wake up some days and just feel like you don't want to get out of bed. And then it's like kind of riding this roller coaster through the weeks without having that consistency that I'm used to. Now, Mac, you were never at risk of not going to Tokyo. You're one of our best athletes. But Oh, let's not, let's <laughs> not jinx it though. Oh, God, don't say that now. <laughs> but what would happen, you know, to perhaps older swimmers or people that were injured and they were thinking maybe Tokyo might be their last games? How could you imagine that they would have that extra drive to get through the last year or are we going to see some people just not make it? It is so brutal. People who's, as you said, uh, older swimmers or older athletes whose bodies are you know, just hanging on um, and they're trying to nurse it through to the Olympics, it's, it's really tough. But at the same time, they probably have the time now to reset. But everyone has a plan, I think, a life plan, at least for like the next five years or so of things they want to achieve. And for athletes, the Olympics is kind of a benchmark. And after that, it's like, okay, I'm going to go do something else for the next year and then focus back in on my sport or whatever. Um, So it throws everyone's lives out. But I think it's also really interesting 
the Olympics is quite a lot about generational luck. Like you have to be the right age at the right time to be peaking. There could have been athletes this year that were probably a little bit too young to make this Olympics, but they might now have a chance as well. So mm. it's interesting times. So how do you map out the next year? Are you basically tanking your template from the last 12 months and replanning that on the next 12 months or does it need a different kind of focus? You can't really copy and paste because at the moment, the only thing we know that is locked in is the Olympics. Previous or this year, we had planned to go to the US and race, race into state, all these different events. Now we just don't know what's going ahead. Um, we don't know if we're going to be able to travel, when we're going to be able to travel. And so it's really, at the moment, just playing it by ear, which is kind of nice because it allows us and affords us the time to work on technical things, take our time building into it. Like there's no rush. Um, usually the season would start probably September-ish and we've already begun. So we've got plenty of time to, to get settled. I guess when they do go ahead to the Olympics or even swimming tournaments, they're bound to look very different to what we knew prior to COVID. How much do you think will be taken away from what you know as an Olympics and especially that social side that you're probably quite used to? Yeah, um, if you <laughs> see uh, like some of the warm-up pools at Olympics or World Championships, how many people are crammed in there, how many people are standing on pool deck and have bags on top of each other, stretching on top of each other. Like it's ridiculous how many people they can fit in there. Um, that's never going to be the same. It's going to be difficult for a while to see crowds. Typically at the Olympics as well, swimmers get to hang out for the second week and go and see other sports. That's probably not going to happen. I assume we're going to get out of there as quick as possible. We're going to have to allow more time for travel, obviously, as well. With quarantine, it's, it's all going to be very different. Are you going to be able to get that sort of drive and adrenaline rush without that crowd there? Honestly, I can't hear them in the water. Um, but when you're walking out, it's you try you don't really pay attention to it, but it's comforting, I guess. It's uh, it reminds you, you know, this is it, this is the level you're at. You need to be you need to bring your A game. But I think, yeah, it'll be people who can do that internally that will uh, really do well. Mac, thinking about the way the games might go ahead in a pandemic world, uh, you got to ask the question about what they'll do with PPE. Previously, all they've needed was condoms. Um, do you think they'll need? <laughs> do you think they'll need more than that going ahead? Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Will the village atmosphere? You said that change? so seriously, like that was a serious question. <laughs> Look, it, it is on some some level, and, and not others, I guess. Uh, the village atmosphere, I imagine, will change. That's partly what I'm getting at there as well. Can you imagine? Yes, I think it will. Um, it'll probably be the same for me, I think. I, I don't really tap into that village <laughs> vibe that is... Uh, Pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> so it won't change for me, but yes, for others. Um, Mac, to it, probably an even more awkward question. I know um, bringing up the drug topic is very sensitive because of the blowback you and your family have had, but there was the big news of Sun Yang banned for eight years uh, in February for tampering with a drug test. And there have been reports that some of the China fans have apologised to you. Is that true? What have they said? Yeah, the I think his support group or fan group, well, it wasn't directly at me, but just, in a, just a general apology for whatever's been going on. I try not to pay too much attention to it. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of focusing on, on the next year and everything else that's going on. 
your protest was mostly about the system and not him as an individual. Does does the decision give you hope that the sport is getting it right? Um, I think so. Uh, it was definitely about the system, um, but still I think there's a long way to go probably to get the system right. Um, it was so public that there was a lot of pressure probably to get it right. The last thing I'll ask you on that topic is there's a movie in the works apparently about Sun Yang's story, <laughs> apparently involving you. Who would you like to play you? A couple of people have asked me. I have no idea. I don't know that many actors. <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting the call up. I could uh, yeah. post Tokyo, Yeah, convert to an actor, to, yeah. get some training in. Well, you're into you're into your tennis. That's helping you get into middle age. Uh, you've taken up cycling, which is another great middle age sport. A bit yeah. of B grade acting sounds like a perfect thing in the mix. <laughs> not saying not that you'd be a bad actor. We'll see. You can do it. I guess we look kind of similar. Yeah, the blonde hair. Just get me a pair of glasses. Yeah. yeah. Are you any good at swimming, Tom? I was pretty good in the fifty meters freestyle. <laughs> Made it to state once. Could get in under thirty seconds. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> All right, Mac. We did promise years ago we'd get in the pool together and train but I feel like that should happen out on the bike now so I look forward to that once you're allowed to cross the Victorian border thanks so much for speaking to us on the briefing thank you for having me guys that was swimming gold medalist Mac Horton hopefully he'll be able to maintain the focus Annika and do well if the Olympics go ahead next year Surely he's one of our best hopes. You do have to feel for the older athletes, though. Mm. Max spoke about that generational luck, and if you were just trying to push through to that final Olympics and trying to maintain that training level for another year must be super hard. Yeah, nice to hear he is preparing for middle age, though, with those other sports. (laughs) And not to put you in that category, Tom, but going riding with you in middle age, perhaps. (laughs) Good times. Tomorrow on The Briefing, the COVID crisis engulfing the aged care centres in Melbourne. Very concerning there. We'll get to the bottom of that. Speak to you tomorrow on The Briefing. A Podcast One production.